Hi everyone, this is Nellie. Thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today is March 7th, 2023. Today's scripture will be found in the book of Psalms. We are on Psalm 22. Today's song recommendation is Cornerstone by Hill Song Live. So we will read the psalm. It's a little bit one of the more lengthier psalms, but all the psalms are important. And I just, prior to reading the psalm, I just, not that I need to remind everybody, but God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one God. They're the three are eternally distinct persons, but they are one true God. And they always, always remain unified. One does not leave the other or abandon, abandon the other. They work together. And they have different functions and different roles. And the Psalm 22, sorry for the pause, Psalm 22, there has been a lot of different, I guess, opinions on what the Psalm means because some some people believe that God the Father left God the Son on the, on the cross when right before his last words he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So I want to go into talking about what I think Jesus was doing here in this particular verse by reciting Psalm 22 verse 1 as he was dying on the cross. I do not and will not ever believe that God the, Son, God the Father turned away and uh, forsook our Lord. Many think that he cannot look God the, that God can't look upon sin and so he turned away from Jesus and he forsook Jesus and could not look upon Jesus because he had everyone's sin on his on his body he was of course the last sacrifice and he said those words referring back to Psalm 22 and the reason I'm saying that God did not turn his back on his son is because he can look on sin God had a conversation with Satan the ultimate sinner in the book of Job if God could look at Satan with all his sinful nature, Satan, ugh, 
He's the ultimate sinner, the father of lies. God could could look at him and speak to him. Why then would he turn away from his own son on the cross? Now you may have another opinion and that's okay. I'm just sharing my thoughts on this particular psalm. Because Jesus' last words were, it is finished. It is finished. So he wanted to point people to Psalm 22 to say, I am the fulfillment of that Psalm 22. Look to that Psalm because it is me, it is I, that David was prophesying about. So let's get started in reading the psalm, and this psalm is a psalm of David. I hope I don't fumble my words, so here we go. If you want to grab your Bibles, turn to Psalm 22. And I haven't mentioned this in a while, but I am in the New American Standard Bible. So if you have a different version, I may not read the same, and that's okay. It says the same thing, just, you know, a word or two might be different. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. Yet you are holy. Oh, you are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. Pause. I want to pause there because if you've been following me and in reading the Psalms or if you've read the Psalms yourself, David, he goes in and out of prophecy. He'll prophesy and then he'll speak about himself. And he'll be speaking about himself talking to, the, to God. So not all of this is prophesy is prophesying about Jesus's crucifixion. I just want to make sure that you understand that. For instance, verse one is a prophecy a prophecy that Jesus would one day say these words, and one day he would say, "I'm a I'm the fulfillment of Psalm 22." When he said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" And then I believe David goes into himself to speak into God when he says, Oh my God, I cry day. I cry by day, but you do not answer. And then he goes on, I cry by night, but I have no rest. Jesus was on record saying that he couldn't find a place to rest. But I believe this is David praying, crying out to God himself. Because in verse 4 he says, In you our fathers trusted. And Jesus is the Son of God, not the Son of David. 
I've gone into that in past podcasts. He gets his bloodline from Mary, a descendant of David. And then we will go to verse 6. And I will let you know, I'll pause when I, when, in my opinion, it's referring, it's a prophecy of Jesus. So in verse 6, I believe this is still David crying out to God. He is communicating with God. And from verse 6, he's prophesying again about Jesus. But I am a worm and not a man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All who see me sneer at me. They separate with the lip. They wag the head, saying, Commit yourself to the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, because he delights in him. Pause. I just finished reading the book of Matthew. I was in the last chapter last night. And I'm telling you, I was sobbing. I was sobbing. And I'll go into that in a little bit of where I was reading. But I did read those words where the people wagged their heads and, you know, just sneered at him and they were saying you know call upon your your father if you're the son of god he'll save you just you know really insulting our lord and he was despised by the people of that day except his followers whoever he was able to prove that he was a son of God. Oddly enough, in, in the last chapter of Matthew, I might have seen this before, but I couldn't believe my eyes when it said, even when he resurrected and they, they went to Galilee because they knew he was going to be there, the disciples did. And, and all of them were, were just glorifying the son of God and praising him. But some didn't believe, or some doubted. I'll have to read that again here after I'm finished. But so in verse 9, Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when upon my mother's breasts. Upon you I was cast from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me, strong bulls of Bashan, Bashan have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within me. My strength is dried up like potsherd, 
and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. And you lay me in the dust of earth, for dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Pause. In Matthew, I just read that verse where they divide his garments among them. For his clothing they cast lots out amongst themselves. And I knew I would be reading Psalm 22 to anybody that's listening. And that's why I say that this prophecy that David is prophesying is of course about the crucifixion and, and what had happened there and so when jesus said my god my god why have you forsaken me he's saying look look for yourself go read psalm 22 i am the fulfillment of that that psalm it is finished there's nobody else that's going to come those of you that are waiting he's saying i am it and there was an, an earthquake as he was dying and the veil was torn and it was dark for three hours. Even the centurion and whoever had to guard the, the cross of Jesus, they were without doubt, they were so they had so much fear that they did not doubt that that Jesus was the Son of God. They believed. They became believers. Verse 19, But you, O Lord, be not far, far, be not far off. O you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword. My only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. I will tell of your name, my brethren. To the myths of the assembly I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you descendants of Israel pause so from 19 to 23 I believe that's David speaking to the Lord in, in conversation with the Lord he he's out of prophecy and again you might disagree verse 24 for he has not despised nor abhorred the afflicted of the afflicted for he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, 
he heard, pause, this is prophetic, God did not turn his head, his face from Jesus, his son. When he cried out, God was looking upon him and he heard, he heard his cry for help. Shortly after this, Jesus submits his his soul to heaven he 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 dies and then he's buried and he resurrects on the third day verse 25 from you comes my praise in the great assembly i shall pay my vows before those who fear him the afflicted will eat and be satisfied those who seek him will praise the lord let your heart live forever all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he who rules over the nations. And he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust will bow before him even he who cannot keep his soul alive. Posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. Pause. So from 25 through 31, it's David prophesying that people will praise, praise the Lord. They will, they will pay their vows. They will fear him. Those that are afflicted will be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. And, and it's, we are those people. Although we can't see him, we honor him. We praise him. We know he is who he is. And we love him. We believe in him. We have faith in him. We have hope in him. And all the kingdom is the Lord's. And he rules over all the nations. Some people think he's not ruling over them well. I have news for you. He is. He is. And I pray that you are one of the ones that will worship him. Because your soul stays alive. It, you don't want your soul to stay alive in, in the pit of hell. In the fire. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. We are all these years later. The gospel of Jesus Christ goes forth. We are the current generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he performed it. The apostles and the disciples 
They endured much. Jesus entrusted them to be the Great Commission and to go out and, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you and I. We are the people who are born. And Jesus Christ was on that cross. As he was dying, he said, look to Psalm 22. I, have, I am the fulfillment of that psalm. The people that put Jesus on the cross, ah, oh, they, they hated him. They truly wanted to get rid of them. I found it interesting, at least in, in the New American Standard Bible, that Pilate he says he knew that they the people, the Jews, that they were jealous of Jesus. They wanted to, they wanted to be God. It's very interesting when we go back and read a gospel that we've read over and over again, and then Jesus just shows you something that is just absolutely incredible that you cannot believe it, that somebody could miss the crucifixion of the Messiah, the fulfillment of Psalm 22. They totally missed it. And we'll go into more details during a Resurrection Sunday and that the week that uh, we can read about the crucifixion and the resurrection at that point. But I do want to go into Matthew, the final chapter, really quick. For some reason, I wrote down Matthew, oh, yes, I did, 8 and 9. This is where I was reading and I just, guys, I was literally sobbing sobbing when I read this, and I've read this before. Jesus has been resurrected, and in verse 8, it says, And they left the tomb quickly. This is Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. They left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report it to the disciples. Pause. They were following the angel's command saying, Jesus is risen. Go and tell the disciples. He's gone ahead of you to Galilee. He has risen from the dead and behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. This is where I started sobbing. There you will see him. There you will see him. And we are that generation where, although we can't physically see him with our eyes, we see him. We see him. We believe in him. We have faith. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. 
And they came up, this is Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Pause. I literally, as I was sobbing, the tears were falling. I literally saw his feet. I couldn't see them, of course, but I just, as though his feet were there. And I was just kissing his feet. I was kissing his feet. And I was worshiping him. And I was holding him. I was, I had a hold of him. Oh, guys, he is. He is our God. Worship him. In verse 10, then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why? Because God is with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He goes through it with us. And I know that there are many that are going through it, including myself. But you know what? Even through our weakness, He He's with us. He is enough. And he says, go and take word to my brethren. Jesus had gone ahead of them and he says, go and take word to my brethren. I have, I'm, I'm alive. I'm, I've risen. And I will meet you there. And he's telling us today, he, he will meet us wherever we're at. He will meet us. Matthew 27, verse 35. So I just want you to see and hear that prophecy from Psalm 22 and Jesus' fulfillment of that, that prophecy. And when they had crucified him, they divided up his garments among themselves by casting lots. Jesus is the fulfillment. People out there that don't believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, open up the New Testament and read the Gospels for yourself. Because he's the fulfillment of Psalm 22, and I know that people know it. The people that are stuck in the Old Testament, they know it. In Matthew 26, excuse me, Matthew 27, 
Verse 45, this is where I was mentioning earlier it was dark. There was an earthquake, the veil was torn. Now from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon all the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Pause. And they couldn't understand. Some people thought he was calling out for Elijah. And this is where they, uh, the people walking by, uh, they uh, wagged their heads and they just refused to believe. In verse 24, now the centurion and those who were with him, keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening, they, they became very frightened and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Pause. They couldn't miss it. How could they have witnessed that and not have been believers after that? God places us in places. God placed that centurion there and the other Romans there to witness that so they could become believers. In closing, I was reading my devotional today. And so in quotes, because I'm reading from a little book here, never purposeless. A man spoke at a rural nursing home. His audience was retired, many of them feeling worthless. But instead of reinforcing their feelings of inadequacy, he enlisted them for action. He needed six people to be prayer warriors for a new missions outreach, four people to read books on CD for the blind, two women to teach a class to Girl Scouts on needlework and crocheting, and two men to judge a historical essay competition for the local high school. In its opportunities for service, faith gives all of us, young or old, healthy or impaired, a purpose for living. We may not set any world records, star in any films, or record any hit songs, but there is reason to face each new day with optimism. Life never loses its value. Because even as our bodies deteriorate, we can still accomplish great things for Christ. The Great Commission. The Great Commission. I will put these, these scriptures that I've been reading in the show notes. But I do want to read the Great Commission found in Matthew 28 verses 16 through 20 and at verse 20 I was literally sobbing again just sobbing sobbing I, I, I couldn't control my sobs the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated when they saw him they worshiped him but some were doubtful. 
And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What a beautiful promise from our Lord. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we have this great commission to go out, to go out. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. We have a job to do whether we're feeling healthy or not. Just like I read from the little book. He simply went to a nursing home and gave people an assignment so they could feel as though they were helping. We can do something like that. We have to never, ever stop teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll go ahead and pause there. All the glory to God. All the glory to God. Much love to all. And again, I'm sorry for fumbling my words. I wish that could be helped. Hope this message has blessed you in some way. I do plan on coming on later on today to give a message about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and my testimony. If I don't get to it today, I'll try to get it published tomorrow or as soon as possible, but that is, that's something I'm going to work on right after I get off this message. Until next time, bye.